Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. Here he is. What's your name again? Good morning, Jeb. <laughs> Dr. History. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Good. Pretty good. good. What's yeah. cooking in your world? Well, uh, oh, I just want to say something real quick. Uh-oh, Veeble-Slester. No, no. Oh. The book. I've had it at Stokes uh, Grocery Store. Yeah. And they are down to only three books, but I'm getting another shipment in really? uh, Thursday. Are you they selling have, a lot of books? Yeah. Good. Pretty good. So good. I'll have more books there, folks, if you uh, if they've run out of them by the time you get there. So well, what about Veeble, Schuster, Schnitzel Budweiser? Schnitzel or what? Yeah, that's it. I haven't heard from him for a while. I'm going to have to I wonder if email. we made him mad. No. Oh, okay. Nah, he's a good guy. Okay. So so today, the title of the story is, go, is called Good Samaritans of the Plains. Oh, my. And you'll see what I'm going to talk about. Kansas, Nebraska. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, you know. When you think about stories, uh, you know, almost every culture has stories about good Samaritans. Yep. You know, an incident where someone helped someone, they were generous, they Just were Just like in the Bible. Exactly. Yep. And uh, so there's a story that came out of Kansas, and it's about the time a band of uh, Indian hunters saved the settlers of the only all-black community in the state from starvation. 
Really? Yeah. So this goes back to the 1870s. There was a lot of advertising was done by real estate people trying to promote uh, to get the uh, freed slaves from the Deep South Mm -hmm. to pioneer on the High Plains. And one of these entrepreneurs was a guy named W.R. Hill, and he convinced a handful of these of the freed slaves from Kentucky to move to western Kansas and establish a home there. Okay. Okay? Now, the bad thing is they got there, it was rough. It was hard uh, when they got to Kansas. And that's the situation. They were starving when a band of Potawatomi Indians from near Topeka found them and helped them through their first winter. Really? And so that's the story I'm going to talk what, what about. What year was that? 1870s, in the 1870s. I see. Yeah. So the Potawatomi's original home had been in the east near one of the Great Lakes, and they think probably maybe Lake Erie. But during the colonial era, era of American history, the white colonists pushed other Indians westward. You know, there was a lot of Indians on the east coast, and they were gradually pushed far farther and farther west, not Mm -hmm. just the Potawatomis. Mm -hmm. But uh, so the Potawatomis moved by stages through the Ohio River Valley to a place on Lake Michigan called Dearborn, which is now Chicago. And Wait a minute. Chicago used to be called Dearborn? Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought you were talking about Dearborn, Michigan. uh, No. uh, I'll be darned. So, and you'll like this. The name Chicago is a Potawatomi word, meaning the place of the drowned skunk. Yeah, that's the Chicago Bears football team. (laughs) We won't go into that, Zeb. (laughs) By treaty permission, the Potawatomi's left Dearborn in 1833. The tribe eventually located on land set aside by the federal government as a reservation for them. They became the Prairie Band of the Potawatomi's in in 1846. Really? Yeah. So they were the Prairie Band of the Potawatomi's. And this was back in 1846. Now, um, this story is told by a guy named William Mehectino. Mehectino. You can get through Indian names and everything else, and then you mess up an American guy's name, Mehectino. Well, that's not—that's an Indian name. Oh, okay. I'm just—I mean, if I told you how it's spelled, you just say William by heck. William <laughs> Mehectino. <laughs> and. Uh, This comes down from his grandfather to his father to him. So this is passed on by word of mouth. So I think this is pretty accurate. gospel. Yes. So Mehectino told his story sometime in the early 20th century. So according to him, uh, the third generation of the Prairie Band, the Potawatomis... (laughs) Zeb, quit laughing. The Potawatomis... (laughs) were permitted by the reservation. You say Potawatomi several times. Potawatomi, Potawatomi, Potawatomi. Okay, (laughs) you got it. But you're a professional. (laughs) The Potawatomis were permitted by the reservation authorities to travel in hunting parties across the open country to the buffalo grounds claimed by the Plains Indians. Mm -hmm. So Mehectino wrote, quote, Since the federal government endeavored to prevent suffering among the Indian tribes, Hand up on the reservations, and because food was not always forthcoming when most seriously needed, hunting permits were common for the Potawatomis. Now, they left what area you said they actually around Chicago. To, yeah, they were clear back east. And originally. where there was more forage, there was more fishing, more et cetera. And they went to the plains, which there's not hardly anything. Right, exactly. So. 
In the fall of 1877, there were fairly large herds uh, of buffalo were still found. Did they know how to use the buffalo? Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, all the different, the hides and everything? They did. Oh, okay. Uh, They were actually very, very smart. They were very good at uh, curing and preserving the meat. Uh, They were also skilled in the art of transforming these green hides into warm uh, and very attractive robes. And the Potawatomis, at this particular time, they were anticipating an unusually cold, hard winter that year. And so they felt they really needed a lot of meat and warm covering. So whether they're shaman or somebody decided, you know, this is going to be a rough winter. We need to make sure we have plenty of food and plenty of clothing. So now, according to Mehectino, quote, a permit was secured for a hunting party to go in search of the needed meat and hides. Not only were the best hunters enlisted, but others who were renowned warriors were included because the Comanches from Oklahoma and Texas were potential enemies. Uh So they were kind of going into that part of the country. Okay. So the party moved out from Potawatomi Reservation, about 20 miles west of Topeka. Topeka, I've been there many times. their scouts reported that buffalo herds had been found. Now, this was before the decimation, you know, when the, the white hunters went out and just killed yeah. thousands yeah. and thousands yeah. of buffalo. So the search for bison was uh, very productive, even though the herds were, as I said, they were disappearing from the plains uh, even at that date. So uh, he goes on, he says, quote, they secured and processed by their age-old methods all the food and robes in which they would conceivably need. Okay, how did they store their food? Well, they dried the meat. They would, they would, uh, for some reason that doesn't sound real palatable. Yeah, but they knew how to dry it so that it was preserved. Wow. He goes on, he says, winter was in the offing and they set out very soon on the return journey. They chose a northern trail which led them over somewhat unfamiliar ground. So they went back different than the way they came out. I see. A different, different trail. So. He says it was on this northern trail that the Potawatomi hunters unexpectedly ran across a party of black freedmen. They would be the nucleus of the black town called Nicodemus. Okay. So this W.R. Hill guy, the guy that was kind of the land speculator, the the developer, if you want to call him. And he was a, a land boomer, and he sought out uh, black settlers for additional population to build up this area. So he was trying to build up this This town. is around Topeka, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So in July of 1877, about 30 uh, Kentucky freed slaves who came by way of Topeka uh, provided kind of the seed for the, this new colony near a place called Hill City. Do you know, does oh, that sound yeah, I think I know where that is. So in the autumn of 1877, uh, another 350 arrived, and then that was strengthened by a contingent of another 150 who came by March of 1878. So they had not real close, but fairly knocking on the door, a thousand people pretty close. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, at least, what, at least 500 or yeah. so uh, for this little town of Nicodemus that they were trying to develop. Well, this Hill guy claimed credit for founding this colony, and he did say the immigrants were poor. They had nothing to start with. Uh, You know, nearly two years later, they were still in terrible circumstances. They shouldn't have been there. They, well... They didn't know. Or they know. should have had help, or yeah. they should have, yeah. Uh, yeah, they should have had help. Yeah. But what Hill did not say was that he did little or nothing to help these people. 
he just got him there, and it's kind of like he just got him there and just kind of left. Turned around and went home. Yeah. So late in the fall, with the first snowfall coming in the air, the Potawatomi hunters led their heavily loaded uh, hunting ponies to a campsite near this town of Nicodemus. Okay. Now, they were friendly Indians. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they were. So, anyway, so Mehectino <laughs> said, <laughs> quote, the, yeah, These poor blacks were helplessly stranded, hungry, without anything worthy of the name of shelter. He goes on, he says, it was easy to see that they were completely lacking in pioneering know-how. So they didn't try to build any houses or no, anything? No, no. Uh, oh, but, but you think about some of the other pioneers that came across. Some of them had no clue how to live out in the wild, even you know, even along the Oregon Trail. Oh, some of those my. people got out there. Yeah. But, th- but this community didn't didn't know they didn't have any pioneering know how. And even if they had possessed food, there was no decent provision had been made for shelter, nor were they capable of providing protection against the winter, which would shortly annihilate them. Clothing and bedding were torn to shatters, or were just uh, uh, torn up. They were discouraged about their unexpected visitors. So here this Indian tribe comes in. You can imagine they were a little nervous about this. So. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Anyway, uh, so uh, the community, uh, they were making do with some crude tents made out of blankets and quilts. And, you know, that's not going to provide. In the winter? Yeah. Well, it was coming winter, and oh that's what they'd been using. But what food they had brought from Kentucky was getting low. Their clothing was ragged. I mean, just picture this very, very destitute group of people. Oh, my. Very little food, very little shelter. Yeah. Uh, really, they had two chances for surviving the coming winter, slim and none. I mean, they just, they would not make it. Well, Let me ask you, were they anywhere near like woods or forests to where they could at least try to build some kind of... Uh, it, Evidently not. They're, they lack trees and oh forests my. and things like that. Wow. Well, during the night after the Potawatomi's camp near this Nicodemus colony, the hunting party of the Indians held a council. And they did this several times. They met. Uh, and uh, Mehekano tells me, he says, quote, I remember well hearing my tribesmen tell of the discussion which went on among the hunters that night. One of them, and he says, I like to think it was a relative of mine, had sized up the emergency quickly. Even in their worst days, he said, no Indians ever had been in such distress. Wow. Something must be done for these people. He urged, and this is he continues, he urged, lest they all perish from starvation or from exposure to a Kansas blizzard. My, and, my, my. And, you know, you've been there, Zeb. I mean, the... Yeah. Blizzards and the cold, and it's either hot and humid or bitter, bitter cold. You got it. So, first of all, they must have food. So uh, now they they had their Indian women and children with them on this hunting party. 
Okay, because that's unusual. Well, not really, because uh, if you think about the buffalo, oh, once they're killed, true. The, the women are the ones that come in, true. skin it, uh, tan the hides, yeah. uh, and and uh, dry the meat, and one thing or another. Right. So, uh, so a good meal was prepared, and all these people were fed. First off, mm, they about five hundred people. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot. But again, remember, they had a very good hunting season. They'd killed a lot of buffalo. They had all they needed for the coming winter. The Potawatomis did. So uh, there was an abundance of what they called slough grass along a nearby creek bottom. So when I think of slough grass, I think of like, I don't know, maybe cattails or the this long, tall grass. wispy type, of, yeah. Grass, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the next day, the skinning knives were put to work again, and large quantities of the grass were piled up in readiness. Skilled workers demonstrated how to make use of this natural building material, and soon what might have been taken for a typical Indian village replaced this terrible-looking uh, campsite, so to speak. So they were close to water. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm going to show you a picture here, Zeb. Now, see that picture of, uh, and that's the kind of uh, dwellings that they built for these people. So, they look, they would, you know, anybody coming across that would think this looks like an Indian village. Yeah, really. But they knew how to build these and and how it worked. For the the, wind conditions and everything else, yeah. yeah. Yep. They kind of look like little Easter eggs. Yeah, just a little dome, a little dome uh, structure. So uh, he goes on to say uh, that one of the leaders said, quote, but we can't leave them this way, said one of the rescuers. They'll have to have something to eat and skins to wrap themselves in. And to this, all the others agreed, but no one knew just how much should be apportioned out for this purpose. It's amazing. These people that lived in this town... They didn't understand the inclement conditions. No, you know, but, you know, they'd come from the south and to get up into where it's cold. Yeah. So that then, you know, one of the one of the uh, Potawatomis, uh, what I would call the Good Samaritan, said, quote, let's divide even up with them. No kidding. Let's divide even. Wow. Uh, And, you know, I'm sure these probably had never heard of the Bible story of the Good Samaritan, but that didn't matter. And he goes on to say, quote, the great spirit must have touched the hearts of all of them as that 50-50 division was adopted. When they left home the next day, their own loads were considerably lighter, but they had uh, saved a suffering community. That's amazing. And I wonder, what was the future? I mean, what did these folks in that city, or that city, that little community do to help pay back the... Well, let me just tell you, the the settlers of Nicodemus actually did have money, and they offered to pay the Potawatomis for their generosity, but... You know, they didn't know what to do with the Kentucky money. Right. Uh, to, you know, so, and in fact, I believe they, according to this, they would have been uh, uh, felt bad or resentful to be think they were being paid for their generosity. Yeah. You know, though, mankind, I don't care what color your skin, if politics stayed out of it and never reared its ugly head, I think we'd all get along a lot Exactly. Better. You know, and still, all the money in the world would not have saved this little community. No, no, no. So, uh, you know, the Potawatomis, the Indians, uh, hunters, they refused payment. They didn't take anything. So the road to making these uh, little huts uh, a town, uh, still, they, they would struggle with difficulties, and uh, but... 
this little town uh, kind of gradually grew, and uh, the colonists were still there three years later. They were still there really? in this little town of uh, Nicodemus. What did they do? Did they farm, or what did they uh, do? I don't know. Um, they obviously would know how to farm. Uh, you know, and they had one would think. water nearby, you know, with uh, yeah. the, the creeks and the, maybe some small rivers. But uh, he goes on to say, quote, I have always been proud of my people for the sacrificial act. I think it should be made known and the record should made uh, made a bright page in human history. Perhaps it may serve to counteract some of the highly colored tales of Indian cruelty. Indians respond to kindness as well as any other race. Uh, and he goes on to say that in due time, the the Indian hunting party made it back to their reservation. The story was told, and no one thought they'd done anything wrong. They thought this was the right thing to do, and they helped this uh, these poor destitute settlers in Nicodemus. And the Prairie Band continued to thrive, but over the years, the this band, uh, this town of Nicodemus, the people there, and the Potawatomi Prairie Band gradually assimilated into the local culture. Really? So they probably spread out, you know, uh, probably married into other uh, cultures. So uh, anyway, it, it turned out to be, you know, a saving thing for this group of maybe 500 Interesting. people. Interesting. Yeah. And is any of that still left uh, today? Know, uh, I don't know. I'm going to show you a picture. Um Let's see. He's going through his file. So here's a picture of a Potawatomi Indian hunter wearing typical uh, dress. They look to be a very tall Indian. They do, very tall and straight. Uh, Now, this is a town, the earliest known street scene of Nicodemus around 1885. Oh, my. Uh, They've got two and three story buildings. Yeah, so they thrived. You know. My, my, my. Yeah. But look at the background of that, and right. you don't see any trees or anything. Now, I'm going to show you another picture, and I'll explain this. This is I've the, got only one minute left. Okay. The Potawatomi Indians gathered for a reservation fair in 1917. Among them were some of the hunting party, which ex- uh, helped with the, the pioneers. So I'm going to, this is on two pages, but oh so there's a picture of uh, in 1917, and some of these had actually been on the uh, rate the hunting party. And that was in 1917. 1917. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, so. that is a story that should be told more often. Exactly. I yeah. like that story. Yep. People helping people. Exactly. There you go.